you know, Jared Patterson really made the most of his opportunities. He's also gotten the help of a fantastic offensive line at UV that hasn't given up a sack in probably since last season, probably the middle of last season. You know, I'm not looking at this weekend's statistics. I, I, I don't have this in front of me, but pretty fantastic offensive line. These big, you know, six foot five guys, the great at opening holes. You know, one, one of Jarrett Patterson's high school coaches kind of laughed and said, you know, he's a pretty small running back. Nobody could probably see him behind all those six foot five, six foot six, 300 pound guys. But Jared Patterson really maximized his opportunities here at UB. One of the coldest places in the country has been a hotbed for some of the best college football in 2020. This is Adashina Koike, and you're listening to the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast, episode number 44 in your ear right now. And before anything else, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. Uh, we have reached college football championship weekend, uh, such as it is, given all the rescheduling uh, of games due to the pandemic. But this weekend is championship weekend in college football. And you have to be of a certain age to remember when the state of New York was anywhere near the center of the college football world, going back to when West Point uh, won three national championships in the row in the 1940s or when uh, Syracuse had Jim Brown and Ernie Davis and Floyd Little in the late 1950s going into the 1960s or even Donovan McNabb uh, when he was at Syracuse and Syracuse was winning Big East championships in the late 1990s. Uh, but there's another school in the Empire State that is making serious waves in college football this season. The State University of New York, University at Buffalo. The Buffalo Bulls are ranked in the AP Top 25 this week, and they're going to be playing in the MAC Championship game against the Ball State Cardinals on Friday on ESPN at Ford Field in Detroit. The Bulls are the highest scoring team in the country, averaging almost 52 points per game, and they served notice three weeks ago. You had to have seen it. Jared Patterson, their running back, 409 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns tying the FBS record for most rushing touchdowns in a game and was just 18 yards away from setting the new record for most rushing yards in a game. Everybody saw it. Buffalo was on the college football map in a big way. And this podcast, episode number 44, is talking all things University at Buffalo with our guest, Rachel Lindsay, college and high school sports enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News. And we talk all things University at Buffalo. We start with Jared Patterson. She was there at the stadium when Patterson ran for four football fields plus in a game and eight touchdowns. And she tells us what it was like just to watch that unbelievable performance. And also, how did Jarrett Patterson, a person whom you might think should be at a Power 5 school, how did he end up at the University at Buffalo after playing his prep ball uh, in the state of Maryland? Uh, Buffalo has 
been one of the best teams in the Mid-American Conference the past three seasons. Their head coach, sixth-year head coach Lance Leipold, is definitely being courted by Power 5 schools, specifically uh, the University of Illinois. And Rachel uh, talks to us about what makes Lance Leipold special. Well, I guess outside of the fact that uh, during his days at Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three, his record was 109 and six uh, at that school before heading to the university uh, at Buffalo. Uh, and it's not just the football team that's been doing well. The men's basketball team, I'm sure you knew in the past couple of years, uh, they won NCAA tournament games, defeated Arizona in 2018, was a nationally ranked team for most of the 2019 season uh, before uh, losing in the Round of 32 in the NCAA tournament to Texas Tech. The women's basketball team made a Sweet 16 a couple of years ago, then came back and won uh, another NCAA tournament game, won MAC tournament championships as well. Something's going on at the University at Buffalo that is going oh so right at the athletic department. And Rachel shares uh, what she believes is the case as to why the University at Buffalo has been doing so many things right with the athletic department and raising the profile of the athletics department. So it's all things University at Buffalo with Rachel Lindsay, college and high school sports reporter at the Buffalo News. This podcast is all things UB. Now you be listening to this interview, which starts in a couple of seconds, and we'll see you at the very end of the show. The Buffalo Bills are not the only team that's making fans of the gridiron in Western New York giddy. The State University of New York University at Buffalo Bulls football program is really, really good. How good? Well, they're undefeated. They're nationally ranked. They average 52 points per game, and they have a legit Heisman Trophy candidate who three weeks ago, arguably, had the greatest single-game performance by a running back in football bowl subdivision history. All of that has led the University at Buffalo Bulls to the MAC championship game at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan on Friday on a national TV stage on ESPN. It is the University at Buffalo against the Ball State University Cardinals for the MAC championship on Friday. A lot of sports talk will be there at Ford Field. And joining us right now on the Lot of Sports Talk podcast is someone who has been with the Buffalo Bulls program from the very beginning of this season to cover one of the best stories in college football this season. She is Rachel Lindsay, college and high school sports enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News. And first of all, Rachel, thank you so very much. You're an awesome friend. You are a member of Awesome as well. Uh, just the membership for uh, uh, women in sports media and the advocacy for uh, women in sports media and support for women in sports media. First of all, Rachel, uh, thank you so very much uh, for joining us. We are buried under a foot of snow uh, in New York City. I'm wondering if it's even worse uh in buffalo right now so how are well, you and first, how's the weather first out Shana, thanks for having me on look forward to speaking with you second foot of snow in new york welcome to buffalo <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know four inches here right now put it this way i could i was i could get my car out of the garage so no problems there you know this is this is nothing here you know you hear stories about these buffalo snowstorms and 
Yeah, welcome to Buffalo. <laughs> yes, well, thank you very much. As someone who has spent time in Syracuse as well, uh, even then it's like, well, I'm in Syracuse, but at least it's not Buffalo, right? <laughs> so, um, yes. I uh, want to talk about uh, the university at Buffalo Bulls football team. They're undefeated. Uh, they just got nationally ranked a couple of weeks ago. They're in the uh, uh, college football playoff rankings right now. Um, so many people are still talking about that game, the game, uh, three weeks ago on November 28th, where Jared Patterson, the running back, 409 yards, eight touchdowns, rushing, tying an FBS record, had a chance to break the record, both in terms of touchdowns and in terms of yards uh, as well. Uh, you had a bird's eye view of that game at the stadium watching. What in the world was it like to see that unfold in front of your eyes? You know, it was. It was fun, first off. I think that's one of the great things about sports. You know, I always say sports is a metaphor for life. And you just wanted to see, this, you know, Jarrett Patterson either meet the record, break the record. And it got to the point, you know, I remember I think I'd written something down at halftime where I was like, you know, he's on pace to have 600 yards and 14 touchdowns. I was kind of a little bit joking. But as the game went on, the flow was there and it was just, they just kept giving the ball to Jared Patterson, giving the ball to Jared Patterson. And at the end of the game, everybody wanted to see him break the record. I mean, I was getting texts from former UB players, tweets, you know, emails from people who were like, you know, we want to see him, we want to see him do it. And he did it. He finished with 409 yards, which is second all time among single game FBS rushing performances behind Samaje P. Ryan at Oklahoma, who I think had, like 200, 427 yards in 2014. Correct. He tied the record, rushing touchdown single game record set by Howard Griffith at Illinois in 1990. And there was a player at uh, Arizona State, and I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, who also had eight touchdowns in a game, rushing and receiving. And it, it, was, it was insane. And we were like, he's going to do this. He's going to do this. And at the end of the game, he's taken out. Kevin Marks came in and... You know, it was kind of one of these, you know, what are you doing? He's close to a record. And after the game, UB coach Lance Leipold said, I really had no idea that he was approaching the record. And, I mean, I I understood where Lance was coming from because I said, he's when you're coach, you basically have blinders on during a game because you're also multitasking. You've got so many things you got to worry about. I don't know if someone's in it in the headset saying he's 10 yards from the record, he's 20 yards from the record. That's probably very low on the priority list for coaches. <laughs> Lance afterwards said, told told reporters, he said, you know, I apologized to him. I didn't realize what was going on. And Jared Patterson was really good about it. He just said, yo, you know, we got the big win. They, they beat Kent State 70-41, which set them up to win the MAC East title ultimately. And it, they were like, we still have a lot of work to do. We still got two regular season games. It became one after the Ohio game was canceled because of contact tracing and positive COVID-19 tests in the Ohio program. So it was, it was really, really thrilling to watch that. I think probably the only other college event I've covered, I've covered final fours. I've covered lots of college football, you know, covered the big 10 covered bowl games. <laughs> probably the only thing that really matched that was a college hockey game. I covered about 10 years ago when Brian Flynn, who played at the university of Maine scored five goals in a game. It was really exciting. So to see things like that, it really brings to light what we love about sports, the triumphs of it. Seeing someone do these 
superhuman things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love sports. You see those highs, you see those lows, and sports are a prism for what we go through in life. I think one of the things that went through my mind uh, watching that game on CBS Sports Network uh, when Jared Patterson was just accumulating all of those video game statistics is how did he end up at the university at Buffalo given uh, his talent? That's no insult to the university at Buffalo. Uh, but it's uh, it kind of reminded me of years ago watching LaDainian Tomlinson who had a mm-hmm. game similar to that against UTEP when he was at TCU. And one of the right. first things I thought of was, wait, he's at a school in Texas, but it's not Texas. It's not A&M. Uh, it's TCU. How did he fall through the cracks, uh, the proverbial cracks to head to TCU? Again, TCU is a fine program, but you would mm-hmm. think someone like LT would be out of Texas or Texas A&M. So my question is, how did uh, Jared Patterson, who I believe is from Maryland, and that's a pretty fertile uh, ground for high school sports and high school football, um, how did he end up at the university at Buffalo when I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, would have thought that someone like him uh, could be at a more high-profile school. It's a really cool story, actually, how he ended up at the university at Buffalo. And I like that you bring up LT because it also makes me think of Garrett Wolf at NIU about 15 years ago. How did Garrett Wolf (laughs) end up at NIU when he was just, just great talent? But back to Jared Patterson, Jared Patterson, he's generously listed, I think, at 5'9 on UB's roster. Generously listed. (laughs) I'll say that. Um, When he was in high school, he went to St. Vincent Pilate in Laurel, Maryland. And he wanted to play college football. His twin brother, James, also plays football. He's a linebacker, uh, University of Buffalo, leading tackler for the Bulls. And they both said, we want to play college football together. And James was being recruited by a lot of schools. Jarrett was not. Um, I think he only got two Division I offers. Jarrett did. Kent State and the University of Buffalo. And there was a really cool story that they went on a recruiting visit to Eastern Michigan when they were in high school. James got an offer from Eastern Michigan. Jarrett did not. And... Jarrett just disappeared on this visit. James found him in the bathroom crying because he didn't get an offer. And they knew they wanted to go to college together. And finally, you know, right around that time, James said, if you're going to play college football, I'm going to play with you. And Buffalo is one of the only schools that offer both of them. So they said, all right, we're going to do it. There was a high school coach in Maryland. One of their high school coaches was also at the University of Buffalo. And said, you know, I really think this would be a good fit for you. And at the time when they were being recruited, Lance Leipold was still trying to build this program through implementing his own recruits, putting in a culture. You know, they had just come off a 2-10 and 10 season in 2016. They were, you know, kind of still on the precipice of, you know, becoming a better MAC program. And they said, you know, this is the best fit for us. And it, it was interesting because... Jarrett was almost the afterthought. Like, okay, he can come on the team. We can do some talent. But nobody saw him breaking out the way he did. And I would say it was probably probably like three or four games into his freshman season, true freshman season, that he started to break out. Everybody thought Kevin Marks, who's also a fantastic running back, was going to be the guy to carry the ball in 2018. Jarrett Patterson broke out. And 
the coaches found they just had two really good players that became a really strong tandem. They run differently. They play a little differently, but they are good in certain situations. You know, I actually had a story today in the news on Kevin Marks and how he's really grown into that role of complimenting Jared Patterson. But, you know, Jared Patterson really made the most of his opportunities. He's also gotten the help of a fantastic offensive line at UB that hasn't given up a sack in probably since last season, probably the middle of last season. You know, I'm not looking at this weekend's statistics. I, I don't have this in front of me, but pretty fantastic offensive line. These big, you know, six foot five guys, they're great at opening holes. You know, one of Jarrett Patterson's high school coaches kind of laughed and said, you know, he's a pretty small running back. Nobody could probably see him behind all those six foot five, six foot six, 300 pound guys. But Jared Patterson really maximized his opportunities here at UB. Once again, Rachel Lindsay, college and high school sports enterprise reporter at the Buffalo News, joining us on the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. And you mentioned some other aspects of the University of Buffalo football team that have been exceptional and has led uh, to the Bulls playing in the uh, MAC championship game. They're led by head coach Lance Leipold, who has a sterling uh, resume going back to his days mm -hmm. coaching at Wisconsin Whitewater, where he virtually never lost uh there before he went to uh ub uh he of course now given his track record and given the profile that ub has now uh is getting a lot of attention uh in terms of power five openings and of course we can speculate but we don't know what's going on uh in the mind of lance leipold but for those not familiar uh with head coach lance leipold what about him whether it's his coaching style or his personality what about him lends himself to being an ideal candidate for a power five head coaching job and opening lance leipold has proven and proven himself that he can build winning programs he did it at Whitewater, Division Three program in Wisconsin, where he had to be super resourceful. He had to recruit guys who were maybe overlooked by these Division One teams and say to him, you come to Whitewater, you're going to help us win a national championship. I mean, that's enticing in itself. When he was at Whitewater, he did fundraising. He would reach out to former alums and say, hey, look, can you give us some money so we could help build a locker room for these players, you know, to make them feel like, you know, Hey, we're in a big time facility. You know, he recruits, I mean, he, he hits the bricks and recruits these kids, you know, again, at Whitewater, he had to be very resourceful. Some of the people that he had recruited, he's doing it again at UB, you know, UB may not get the five and four star candidates from Florida or Texas or Ohio or Maryland. But they bring in three-star guys. They bring in the program and say, hey, look, this is about continuously building a culture. And that's another thing. He builds a culture of winning. Where these guys, they are conditioned to play through the whistle. They are conditioned to play through the end of the season. They are conditioned to say, hey, look, do the right things. And if you do these little things, it's going to help us in the big picture to win. So a program like Illinois, maybe. You know, we're speaking hypothetically. Yes. That has facilities that plays in the Big Ten, that has deep pockets. Of course, they're going to want a guy like Lance Leipold. Illinois has been mired almost in the Big Ten basement over the last few years. I covered the Big Ten. I remember watching how many times Michigan and Ohio State would just beat the tar out of Illinois. I mean, I wanted Lovey Smith to succeed at Illinois. I wanted to see that program come back to being where it was when they had 
Richard Mendenhall, you know, when they won a Big Ten championship in 2001. I wanted to see the Big Ten be even more competitive top to bottom. And they need to bring in someone who can build that culture. Lance has proven that at the D3 level. He's proven that at the G5 level. And I think that's what makes him an ideal candidate. If he can instill those same values and that same culture point into a program like Illinois, which is also near his hometown in Jefferson, Wisconsin, all the better for Illinois. And another thing that helps is that in the Big Ten West, who are you competing against? Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. You're not directly going against the Michigans and Ohio States and Penn States of the world. And he's also a Midwestern guy, which can help with recruiting. So, you know, you can walk into those living rooms and say, I'm from here. I know where it goes. He also worked in Nebraska. He worked in Nebraska, Omaha. On paper, he's a very, very good fit. But right now, he is not commenting on it. He says it's speculation. I'm focused on the MAC championship. Another thing, culturally, that fits into what's happening at UB, focus on the next game. You know, uh, you were talking about Illinois and their past success long ago. And as you were talking about it, I thought, uh, there's no way Rachel's going to mention that Ron Turner, Kurt Kittner team of like 2001, right? <laughs> that went to the Sugar Balls. I thought about it in my head as you were saying it. The other day, because one of our reporters was like, oh, wasn't the last time they won the Big Ten in like 1990? I'm like, 2001, Ron Turner. <laughs> yes, and he and couldn't go to the Rose Bowl because I think there was, I, I think the Rose Bowl had, I think the national championship game that year or yeah. something like that. So they had to go to the Sugar Bowl. Um, and I completely right. remember that. And I was like, what are the chances that's going to be mentioned, brought up here? <laughs> Well, with you, we go back and talk and mention random um, NHL hockey players, nondescript <laughs> hockey players. So I should have known uh, that that was a possibility. Right. I'm going to shout out being in Buffalo, Brad May. So. Oh, Brad May. Perfect. Yes. Oh, see, now you caught me uh, needing to, like, throw uh, a, a random player out. Andrew Castles. But I think you did Andrew Castles one time. So now I got to I gotta come stronger. All right. Yes, I know. Shell Samuelson. All right. I'll do that. That. Uh, <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? Shell Samuelson's son is now playing at Western Michigan. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> wow, like this is the minutia that you get. I think he's a prospect now. Wow, that is that is unreal. Oh my goodness. So we're while we're, while we're trying not to steer this conversation into the National Hockey League and talk about the glory days of the eighties, the high scoring eighties and 90, early nineties. All right, we will continue on uh, in the vein of University uh, at Buffalo football, who is playing in the MAC championship game this Friday against Ball State, and they, along with Ball State and others playing this week or some others, uh, have a dilemma. Um, there are bowl games and usually there is a couple of weeks at least, uh, that you have between your last regular season game or conference championship game, uh, and the bowl game, uh, neither team Friday is going to have that luxury. Uh, it's possible that Buffalo after Friday may have to play next week. And at best, I believe there's a bowl game that has a Mac tie on December 30th or 31st in uh, Tucson, Arizona, the Arizona Bowl. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so some schools, uh, Power 5 schools, have already opted out of of playing in bowls, even though they're bowl eligible and would 
be able to find a spot. Um, I don't know if that's anything that the University of Buffalo has talked about, mentioned, but I guess what sense do you get uh, in terms of uh, possibly not uh, participating in a bowl after this game on Friday, or is it just something that they're just playing by ear? I talked with the UB athletic director, Mark Allnut, last week, and they said, yes, if we are offered a bowl bid, we will take it. The MAC also has two tie-ins this year that will go to the conference champion and the conference runner-up, basically either Ball State or Buffalo. Uh, the Arizona Bowl has also said, yes, we do have a MAC tie-in. The other one, as listed on their release, said it will be an ESPN 2 be determined bowl that will probably be the Camellia Bowl because the, uh, the Potato Bowl in Boise has been filled. The Boca Bowl has been filled. So they could go to Alabama, play, I believe it's Christmas Day, or they could go to Arizona and play New Year's Eve. And the bull bids are going to be determined on Sunday after the playoff is. And here's another issue, you know, their question now is, will Buffalo be ranked in the college football playoff rankings? They're ranked in the AP 25. Will there be a ranking? And it's like, that would be another really nice feather in the cap this year, but considering the G6 programs, actually G5 programs, you know, Cincinnati, Tulsa, Coastal Carolina, you know, also teams that are in there as well. So uh, it's, it's a lot of it's going to depend on the outcome tomorrow night, but they do plan to play in a bowl. It's just a matter of when that bowl is. We'll find that out Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I think I uh, erroneously said that they were in the uh, uh, college football uh, <laughs> committee rankings. They're not, but they are in the AP uh, top 25 university at Buffalo. Uh, you mentioned Mark Olnett, uh the athletics director um, at the university mm-hmm. of Buffalo. Uh, it's not just the football team that has done really, really well uh, at right. the school in just the past uh, two, three years. Of course, the men's basketball team uh, won an NCAA tournament game, what, two or three years ago against Arizona came back, won another NCAA tournament game, was ranked for most of uh, the 2018-2019 year before Nate Oates, uh, the head coach, left for the University of Alabama. The women's basketball team has made a Sweet 16. They've won uh, tournament games uh, in consecutive years as well. Uh, Just what has been in the water at the University of Buffalo, at least the water that's not frozen uh, at the University uh, at Buffalo and the city. Uh, what has led to just this almost this D1 uh, football bowl subdivision and D1 men's and women's basketball? What has led to this flourishing of a lot of the programs at the University, university at Buffalo? There's a lot of challenges, particularly the weather, particularly the not so high profile uh, compared to other schools, but uh, what has worked over the past few years at UB? They've brought in really, really strong personnel. You know, this goes back to former athletic director Danny White, who is now at UCF, former athletic director Alan Green, who's now at Auburn. Uh, you know, this goes back to Ward Manuel, former athletic director who went to Connecticut and is now at Michigan. You know, they really put the pieces in place to hire strong people. Um, let's start with women's basketball. Felicia Leggett-Jack, great, a great story. She got fired from Indiana, wasn't sure what she was going to do next, and then got hired at UB, I believe, in 2012. What didn't work at Indiana is working at UB. And another one, she's recruiting. She's found some great talent. She found Stephanie Reed from Australia. She found Sierra Dillard, who is from Rochester. And she's got Diasia Fair, point guard, who 
was fourth in the nation in scoring last year. Summer Hemphill, a forward who's from right here in Buffalo. She played at local school Cardinal O'Hara. And I mean, Felicia is also very, very passionate, not just about basketball. She sees her players as individuals. It's a very holistic type of coach. And if you ever get a chance to sit down with Felicia, you will walk away smiling. And her personality just overshines that whole program. And she has made those people competitive and appreciative. Go to basketball. Uh, about five or six years ago, Bobby Hurley, who's now at Arizona State, was the coach. When he left, Nate Oates became the coach. Nate Oates basically carried over what Bobby Hurley's work did, took that foundation, got the program into being a winner, being ranked, being in NCAA tournaments. Nate went on to Alabama. He's in his second year there. You know, we're seeing the same thing with Lance Leipold. You're also seeing it in the Olympic sports as well. You know, they've got a great wrestling program. They had two wrestlers qualify for the NCAA championships last year. Soccer is competitive. Volleyball is extremely competitive across the board. Now, there is the expectation, not just of winning, but of creating cultures at Buffalo. And I really think Mark has done a great job of, I'm trying to find the right word for it, of being the, I'm trying to find the right word for it, for it, you know, kind of helping maintain that. And if you ever read Mark, he's the same way, you know, he's very optimistic. He's very bright. He was at Missouri. He was at Memphis. He was at Southeast Missouri. You know, they bring in experience and they bring in, you know, for lack of a better term, people who are accustomed to winning and being in winning cultures and they recognize success as well. You know, Felicia was being interviewed by Penn state by Georgia tech. And they said, you know, we have to keep her here. You know, she's built that and they gave her contract extension as well. You know, Lance is the same way. You get, he's gotten two contract extensions and maybe three in the last few years. I think he had one, got one from Danny white or Alan green before I came here. So they recognize talent, but they also recognize, you know, this will help other people. When you see people like, NATO's go to the SEC. You know, it's, it speaks very well for Buffalo. Uh, just the amount of exposure that the University at Buffalo has gotten over the past few years has definitely uh, opened the eyes of many sports fans, sports junkies, I should say, uh, that sees Buffalo here, Buffalo there, Buffalo there doing well. It's not just um, an NFL football town uh, with the uh, Buffalo Bills. And it just so happens that the Buffalo Bills um, are on a track to win the NFC East and end the hegemony uh, with the New England Patriots in the AFC East. But um, Rachel Lindsay, uh, college, high school, sports reporter, enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News. It has been such a pleasure catching up with you and talking all things UB. Um, I do have to end by saying Dave Babich. Okay. Uh, random <laughs> Vancouver Canuck who had oversized, I think, uh, shin pads to block shots. All right. Uh, I just had to do that. I had to Darley Zalapsky, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> all right, yes. <laughs> all right. Fair, okay, fair, okay. Here's what we'll do, all right? The next time we talk, and it may be very, very soon, we're just going to sit and just roll off these names like Kelly Kiss Kissio and others, <laughs> all right? Just NHL, <laughs> just nondescript oh, but decent God. players, all right? Uh, we will we will definitely do that, and don't yeah, and don't act as if I did not see that a uh, terrible towel just hanging on the side. Oh, um, I, I Bills on a great pass. They they beat my Steelers, so hey, you know you can't go. 
without going 11-2. and <laughs> Exactly, right? And those two teams may very well be on a collision course uh, later on this year with uh, a lot uh, bigger stakes um, as well. But, uh, Rachel, thank you so very much for enlightening us about all things University at Buffalo. Again, uh, Buffalo and Ball State on Friday at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan for the MAC Football Championship. It's the MAC Football Championship game. Rachel, thank you so very much for joining us, and I definitely hope that uh, our paths cross very soon. Um, and uh, again, just be well and stay safe uh, up in Western New York. All right. You too, Adesina. Thank you. As a native of New York and the Empire State, uh, it is such a thrill to see the University at Buffalo doing so well in so many different sports. And we cannot thank Rachel Lindsay enough for joining us to share her thoughts. And uh, you can tell that we are uh, really good friends outside of doing this interview. Anytime you get a chance to talk with Rachel, uh, you're a better person for it. Uh, definitely follow her on Twitter at Rachel M. Lindsay. Uh, follow her. Uh, again, college and high school sports enterprise reporter for the Buffalo News. And it has been a very enlightening conversation uh, that we had with Rachel making this podcast, episode number 44, a very special podcast so again stay tuned episode number 45 in the works right now we hope to get that out to you uh before the close of 2020 and remember to follow us on our social media platforms on twitter it is a lost a l o s t underscore official on instagram it is at a lots of sports talk you can type a lot of sports talk on facebook and you can find our facebook page as well you can follow me personally on twitter at koiki k-o-i-k-i underscore sports and you can just type adashina koiki and you can find uh my facebook page as well thank you so very much for joining us on the a lot of sports talk podcast and we absolutely cannot wait until the next time we bring a podcast to you and again we hope to get that to you uh before the end of 2020 until then i definitely hope you have a wonderful holiday season happy hanukkah uh merry christmas uh happy kwanzaa uh to you as well uh for those who celebrate uh those holidays and festivals and festivities uh we definitely hope that you have a wonderful and very very safe holiday season sit back watch a little bit of sports we'll cover uh the sports for you on our website a lot of sports talk.com thank you so very much for joining us on episode 44 of the a lot of sports talk podcast my name is adashina koki and we will see you soon. You take care. Bye-bye.